The plan that I see in my head is living in Dubai and riding a jet ski every day. Just financial. I don't know. I just have that that thought of, I don't know why Dubai. It's just known to me as like that place where you can make things happen. It's just, I don't know. It's just something that comes to my head. But essentially the plan, it would be financial freedom. So building up a lot of investment properties. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Dash Up Inside of the Home for property investors seeking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. And on today's episode, we have a chat with a young investor. His name is Ben Picard. He's 24 years old. We talk about how he went from failures in stocks and crypto and turned that into property investing success. We get into a little bit of life advice for anyone who might be feeling stuck and so much more. This is a fun episode full of actionable advice and really great insights on somebody else's journey as well. So I'm sure you're going to love it. And of course, if you do, make sure you share this with a friend, family member, or loved one. Subscribe on whatever channel you're on. And without any further ado, let's get stuck right into it. And I'll see you on the inside. Welcome back to Dashlight Insider. Joining me on today's episode is Ben Picard. Ben, how are you today? Yeah, good. Thanks, Goose. How are you going? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Uh, Not only was I recommended to talk to you by one of our awesome team members, I'm really interested to dig into your story because you're quite a young investor. Um, and I'm very interested to to kind of dig into the psychology around that. What even made you want to get started? And we can kind of go from there. But before we get started, why don't you just give us a bit of background? Tell us a little bit about who you are, where do you live, what do you do for work, how old are you? That'd be a good starting point. Yeah, so I'm 24 years old, uh, living in the southeast suburbs of Melbourne in uh, Vermont South. For work, I'm a software developer. So I finished my course not too long ago. Uh, I've been working in the field for about two years. Nice, nice. Who are you a software develop- developer for? Where do you work? A company called NetWealth, a financial tech company. Yeah. Yeah, nice, nice. They're awesome, actually. They are like, I'm a big, what's it like working there? Yeah, really good. Um, most of the, the company is based in Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's quite busy all the time in the office and whatnot, but great culture, great people, and um, yeah, been happy there. Nice, nice. Love it. So, how, how old did you say you were? 24. 24 years old. Okay. So, 24 years old. Now, I know that you've bought an investment property because that's part of the reason why we're talking, but I'm very interested to know like, what led up to that. Like, At what stage did you start thinking about investing? Because when I was 24, the only thing I was interested in doing was like partying and traveling and all of that kind of stuff. So, what what kind of led you on this path? How did you, how did you arrive at property? But like, Let's go back to the start. When did you even start getting interested in investing full stop in anything? Yeah, so it was in uh, 2020. Um, my cousin and a couple of his mates had, had sort of found a good stock that they thought was pretty good. And he, my cousin's mate's dad thought it was pretty good. Not invest, not in, uh, not insider trading, not quite that level. But, um, you know, they, they'd heard some good things about it. And so, you know, start of 2020, we decided to, to jump on it. Um, and unfortunately, it was just before... Uh, COVID sort of started and um, it sort of went well for a week or two and we thought, oh, this is going to be great and then uh, crashed down. So, uh, sort of dabbled a little bit more. What was the company? Do you remember? Uh, PointsBet. PointsBet. Wow, PointsBet. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. How are they going now though? Like, if you have, have you still held on to it? Because I've held on to it. Right I'm not looking at it. So, that's how it's going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I chose about a year ago to so just delete the share trading apps and just ignore it. Pretend like that. Pretend, pretend like none of it exists. Pretty much. Pretty much. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if I had to reset my password to get back in because I don't know it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Okay, so so you got you got into points, but 
COVID hit, that was going good. Then it went not good. What made you keep going? So just sort of that younger mindset of I've got a bit of money. Let's try and let's try and work things out and try and research things for myself and um, you know tried crypto as well and whatnot. But they they all sort of I sort of got into them all at the wrong times. Um, sort of started doing all right with like got into crypto and sort of up ten percent in a month or so, and then next minute I'm down fifty percent because more stuff happened. <laughs> so. Just take a little step back because in order for you to even start trying to invest in this, um, you mentioned you had a bit of money, yep. which means that you were working and saving. What was even prompting that? Because there are a lot of people at a lot of different ages. This isn't just a this isn't just a young person thing. I know people in their thirties, forties, and even fifties who choose to live in the moment, not to live for the future. And so I'm interested to know, like, what was prompting you to start to build up a bit of a nest egg? And then I'm also interested to know like how much you actually started investing with. We'll kind of dig into some of that stuff there. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm sort of more of a invest now, play later. But um, at the time as well, I was sort of a, uh, I worked quite hard and I do work quite hard. And, um, you know, I was doing full-time work. I was casual, but I was doing full-time hours um, and full-time study. And then I was playing sport on top of that. So I didn't have a huge amount of time on my hands, and when I did, I was sort of just pretty tired, and I'd sort of chill it at home. Um, I live at home as well, even still, so I sort of just quickly built up, yeah, that nest egg, and I don't know, you know, I'd sort of splurge here and there on a little thing, but like it was never really, you know, too far into the savings or whatever, and um, it sort of just, yeah, allowed me to just build up quite well, and with with investing, I sort of started off in the early four digits so you know upwards uh, up to about five thousand or so and would pull out a little bit here and there if if it was going too badly and i'd sort of try and manage it and go somewhere else or put into something a little bit more stable like an eft or whatever but yeah yeah so this okay so this is super interesting and so it sounds like the start of your investing journey we started in 2020 didn't really go that well like you tried a few things and so how long did you keep trying in shares and crypto before you decided okay this isn't for me how long did that last for it was very sporadic sort of off and on here and there but probably like a year and a half i'd say that's super interesting what was the goal like what was the was it just like i don't know i'll just try and make some money or did you have like more or less sort of just try and find a a stock that would get me tats lotto sort of returns um and i'd be i'd be set um no i was sort of just like I knew I've got a lot of family who invest and stuff like that. Um, uncle's more of a, a conservative investor. My grandpa used to be a bit more of a, a blue chip sort of a thing. Um, so I sort of knew investing was the way to go, but I was still a bit too novice with it and uh, probably even still a bit sort of sporadic with, uh, oh, I'm down a little bit, I better pull out or you know, not play the long game. Um, just a bit done with decisions really. It's really hard though, isn't it? With particularly with um, shares and crypto, because you've got such easy access to the data, and and like one of the things that people say is good about shares is that it's much easier liquidity than property. Like if you just decide one day that you want to sell all your shares, you can just go sell all your shares. But that's also a problem, right? Particularly when you can see the movements on a almost a per minute basis or whatever. It's it's very hard to control your emotions. In those moments, like I'm, I'm a pretty like 
I'm a pretty long-term thinker, but I'm, I suck at shares because I'm just like, I'm watching them do this and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a rock star. Wait, oh my God, this is terrible. I'm getting, <laughs> you know, and I like always make emotional decisions. It's really, really hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the days I remember pretty well with um, points bet, we, we'd, it has sort of recovered a fair bit and um, I didn't have a huge amount in it still because I'd sort of diversified or whatever, but um, still had enough in there and and it went from nine dollars in one day and had a good had a good uh, announcement and at one stage of the day it was eighteen dollars um, and then by the end of the day it had gone back to twelve or so but um, yeah it's just addicting watching that page and just clicking refresh and just being like oh sweet got a bit more here and yeah totally so you okay so l- let's timeline this a little bit so you were working you saved up you had a little bit of cash. You, you didn't really have the time or the compunction to um, to spend it on stuff. You decided to start investing in 2020. You basically unsuccessfully invested for about a year and a half. Then what happened? Then a guy that I worked with, um, you might know him, as you said, uh, Jason De Silva. Um, yeah, so he started working with you guys. I think that was around 21. He said, yeah, look, uh, if you've got a fair bit of cash, I've been hide at this place they're really good when i said you know what stuff it there's no point sitting on 60k 70k in the bank not doing anything let's um let's get moving and, and again it still falls back on the um i was living at home expenses weren't high this and that yeah so decided to invest with you guys so what prompted you to do that because most people um that's a big shift i guess to go from to go from like shares to like okay my mate said I'll just go and invest in property. And like, that's a big shift. How much education did you do on property as an investment vehicle? Like, how informed were you before you started that journey? So, yeah, it wasn't necessarily just Jace saying, yeah, look, let's do it. And I said, yeah, let's go. Uh, I, I hang out a lot with Jace, you know, outside of work. In work, we'd have downtime and whatnot. And, you know, I would do research and, and all that and, and just the knowledge of property. You know, everybody needs property. So, uh, you know, being in that long-term game was good. But, yeah, doing research and stuff. But any questions I had, I was able to easily just say, hey, Jace, how does this work? How does that work? And he loves it. And he was able to just say, yeah, this is what happens. This is the go, blah, blah, blah. And so, property that you bought has actually performed pretty well, hasn't it? Are you, are you aware? Have you got the kind of like recent uh, performance numbers on it? Not on me, but yeah. I do. I'm sure you, you know do. what they are. I'd love to. <laughs> okay, so let's recap. You bought this property in WA for $290,000, roughly about 22 months ago, roughly. The gross yield at the time that you bought it was like 6.8%, which is pretty bloody good mm. in anyone's book. Yeah, um, now, because rents have gone up, the gross yield on it is 8.1%. And over the last 22-ish months... It's gone up by 31.38%. It's now worth $381,000, which has given you, you put 80, about 86 grand into the deal, all in, including all of the costs and all of that kind of stuff, to, total amount of cash required for, for the purchase, um, which means that you've had 109.55% return on invested capital because it's made you, through growth and, uh, and everything, $91,000. How does, how does that make you feel as a 24-year-old to be able to just sit there and go, oh, okay. I bought this thing and I basically just did nothing and now it's given me a 109% return in 22 months. How does that make you feel? Oh, it's awesome. Like like you said, it, I, I do nothing for it. You know, I don't need to monitor anything. I mean, obviously, you've got tenants and stuff like that. You've got to manage and, you know, sometimes you've got repairs or whatever. But, like, the fact of the ease going through a buyer's agent with you guys and 
you know, you guys were able to handle so much for me. Um, just knowing that I can put my trust in you guys and things have just worked out so well is awesome. And I'm not trying to just, you know, spit you guys up, but, um, you know, it, it's just the fact of, yeah, it's, it's only going to go up, you'd hope, and, and nothing's, yeah, you do nothing and it's great. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> just do nothing and it's just great. Do nothing. So look, not to beat around the bush and but like our services are pretty expensive. Particularly, particularly um when you're just getting started. What made you decide that you were going to be better off to invest in working could could it be any companies, right? So but but like to invest with working with someone versus just going and doing it yourself. Like how did you cross that chasm in your mind? What was the rationale? Yeah, so there's, there's word of mouth and you speak to a lot of other people. Um, my uncle is very solid on the fact of buy where you can see, um, so something in Victoria or whatnot. But I wasn't so convinced on that just because of I, I didn't think anywhere that I would necessarily want to buy would have the same potential as somewhere else that, you know, like Jason was uh, advising or anyone yeah it's a lot more expensive but again it's that trust sort of a, a factor you know I've, I've read your books and and you know you've got these formulas and whatnot and, and, and multiple data points and stuff like that so I guess it really just came down to trust and I'm not going to know nearly a bit, as much about picking the right property or seeing things because I'm so young as well um, it, it was just yeah I guess trust that's interesting are you, so you're, you mentioned your family, like you've mentioned your dad and your and your granddad and your uncle and stuff, all kind of like share investors. Is there much of a property investing background in your family? So I mentioned my uncle a bit because he's he's done pretty well. Um, he has bought a few rental prop, uh, not rental, um, residential properties, and he's got a couple of, or maybe one or two. What's the next word? Commercial. Commercial. Yes. Um, yeah, he's got a couple of commercial properties. So he's been in there, and I've got. Uh, my my partner, her parents have got residential as well, so there was just also that idea of yeah, look, it's a it's a pretty solid way to go. And so, what does your family think about your uh, property investing journey? Like, what do your parents think? What's your like? What what kind of feedback have you got? So, I'm a strong believer of the education system doesn't really teach you enough about investing and what to do with your money. It sort of they sort of teach you how to what 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 you've got to do in life. You've got to get an education. You've got to get a good job. You've got to do well in your career. So dad has only really started doing uh, stock investments recently in the last few years since I've started doing them and whatnot. But I think he's pretty happy with the property investment side and stuff like that because he, he doesn't really know what to do about his property. You know, he bought one 20 years ago and hasn't really done much with it. You know, he's borrowed a little bit against it for renovating the house or this or that but he doesn't really have much knowledge otherwise and i'm trying to you know get him on that side of yeah you got to do something with it what does he think about you investing though like like he's looking at you at 24 years old you know successfully investing like is he kind of do you guys talk about it much or have you got any feedback from them on what they think about your personal situation not massively i think he thinks i've got it pretty easy compared to him back in the day you know he used to say that he'd be classic boomer oh yeah 100 <laughs> he said uh you know when i've got to when I had two exams a semester, he'd say, oh, I have I used to have 16 um, and he'd always try. And, and he back. used to have to do them outside in the snow as well. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. After a 15K hike each way, 
Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we haven't really spoken about it, but I think he's pretty happy and pretty proud of it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's pretty cool. And um, what about your friend group? Obviously, if your friend group includes Jason, you're probably going to be friends with a whole bunch of other property nerds. Have you got a Have you got a close friend group that are all in that journey as well? Yeah. So I've got Nick who bought with you guys, um, Ashwin who's bought with you guys and working with you now as well. I've got a mate who I think is looking to go with you guys as well. He bought an investment property over in Victoria with uh, the, the the grant a couple of years ago. With the intention to live in it, but realised, oh, after a year, I'm just going to rent it out and do do that. So I've got a little bit of a, a little nest egg of friends for sure. Nice. And so, what's the goal? Like, w- w- actually, before we get to the goal, I actually want to know what has what has this investment journey done for you in your life so far? Because as I understand it, you've I've got some notes here, and you used some of the equity to buy a car. Like, what? Talk to me about that decision. So. I had an old car, it was 2006, it was breaking down a little bit, a bit under the weather and a bit of cash came available from the house with the equity and I thought, you know what, I haven't really done much for myself over the years as uh, I've said. So I uh, went out and bought myself a car, really love it um, and it's going to you know, keep me going for a while because otherwise if I didn't, I didn't have enough at the time to go enough saved as well as with the equity, didn't, didn't have enough to go and to get another property or anything. And yeah, it sort of just went out and did it, saved me from having to, you know, spend a bit of cash later down the track. And I think the um, property even pays for the, the, the tenants pay for the car, which is pretty handy. That's a good way to think about it, the tenants pay for the car. But let me dig into that because like, I want to I want to try and understand the rationale behind that decision. So effectively, you took capital out of an appreciating asset, which is making you money, and you used that capital to buy an appreciating asset, which is going to go down in value significantly. Now, cars or material things generally <laughs> depreciate not only in value but also in um not, not only in financial value but also in like emotional value so i'm sure when you first bought the car you were like this is sick like do you still feel that way about it or is it just now just a car and how did you rationalize that idea of taking you know capital that's working for you to almost buy something that's working against you talk to me about that yeah absolutely so well it, it, it it's a v8 it's a, a Holden V8, so... Well, oh, well, that's okay then. No, t- totally, mate. You, mate. you should have should have just sold the whole bloody house if you could buy a V8. Tell me about Holden. It. No, so the, the reason I say that is, you know, V8 Holdens aren't being produced in Australia anymore. So a, a part of the reasoning behind it that I figured it was fine was it should actually go up in value, and I think it has. But yeah, I still look at it the same way. Still love it. Still, yeah, every day. It's great. But that was sort of a, the reasoning behind because I... Everybody needs transport. I wasn't going to go sit on a train every day because I play a lot of sports. So I always, I need, I pretty much drive every day. And I figured, what the heck? Essentially, I'm, I'm young. I'm still living at home. I can still save the cash. Not, might not necessarily be the best choice for my investing future, but it solved a lot of issues at the time. I figured it was going to be all right in the long term um, if I can look after it and all that sort of stuff. And that's where it got me to. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so you consciously rationalized the idea that it was probably going to set back your investing journey a little bit, but you basically said, I'm young enough, bugger it. As well as the fact of the future is electric cars and I'm an adrenaline seeker, there's not much better than hearing this, the roar of a V8 behind you. So I didn't want I didn't want an electric car in 10 years with uh, my money. <laughs> <sighs> 
That sounds like a well thought out financial decision. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> when you look at the checkbox, it says, "Are you an adrenaline seeker?" Yes, do it. Yeah. Okay. Great. I'm not going to bloody wait until I wake up in ten years' time and I can't even buy a bloody petrol car anymore. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Classic. You're. A, you're I think you're a closet bogan. Yeah. So, absolutely. Nice. Okay. Well, um, talk to me about the goal then. What's the point? What's the point of it all? What are you trying to? What are you shooting for? Or is it just like, eh, I'll just start throwing some money around. I'll invest. Like, what's the plan? What are you trying to achieve? Oh, the plan that I see in my head is living in Dubai and riding a jet ski every day. Just financially. Why Dubai? I don't know. I just have that that thought of. I don't, I don't know why Dubai. It's just just known to me as like that place where you can make things happen. It's just, I don't know, it's just something that comes to my head, but essentially the plan, it would be financial freedom. So building up a, a lot of uh, investment properties and starting with the growth and then working towards cash flow sort of a position um, where I can step back out of work, not necessarily just zero days a week, but because, uh, you know, if, if I was able to get out of there, out of the rat race pretty quick, I think I'd get pretty bored pretty early. So I'd love to be able to have enough that I could just go on holidays and not care about, you know, $150 dinner every night for me and my family and, and stuff like that. Just having enough there that I just don't have to worry. Mm. And so how long do you think that journey is going to take you? What's that kind of in your mind's eye? I think if I was able to wind back by even 35, uh, not necessarily having that fe- freedom of, not worrying about anything, but if I could start winding back work by 35, uh, be able to spend more time with the family and whatnot, that would be ideal. Yeah, nice. Nice. I like that. It's really interesting though because like a lot of the things that you you were kind of sort of pointing to, you know, maybe $150 dinner every night, that's obviously got a specific financial consideration. But like even the, the idea of like, all right, I've got this vision that I want to be in Dubai and I want to ride jet skis every day. It's like, you know, realistically, there's probably not a lot stopping you from doing that, you know much sooner, <laughs> particularly if you're still prepared to keep working. Yeah, I think it's really interesting when a lot of people have these ideas of what they want out of their life and they think that I can only do it when I get to X specific outcome in the distance. And it's like, well, you know, not necessarily. Like you could probably probably just go there and, you know, maybe you could probably, because you're a software, uh, software developer, you could probably negotiate to work remote and do all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so there's probably heaps of ways you can start to test out the vision. In fact, I would encourage you to try and do that and just prototype it for like a month or two. Just like go there for a month or two, suss it out because you might be, you know, you might actually work out, oh, it's not that great. Or maybe you love it, you know, and in which case then you get to that that success destination much, much sooner. Um, anyway, just a couple of thoughts. And so is that the kind of core intrinsic motivation or what's the, what's the plan now? Like is that, are you going to continue to buy it? Yeah, so in the, at the moment um, we're in the process of actually looking for another one. And I'm trying to get in the process of fixing myself in terms of motivation because, you know, I can get into a bit of a rut of, oh, I'm working from home today. I'll set the alarm for seven and then I wake up at seven and say, no, you know, let's go back to sleep till 7.30. No, eight. You know, whereas I- I won't send this to anyone at NetWealth. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, But, you know, getting in the motivation of actually being able to, to get off my ass and, you know, work for myself, work on myself um, and start, you know, learning more about what I need to, you know, in terms of 
maybe it's starting a, a business or something like that. So what are you doing about that? Like, wh- like what is actually your process um, to to do that? It's good that you've identified that you need to work on yourself. Like, what what specific processes, practices, habits, or rituals are you putting in your life to take you from, we'll call it an ad hoc existence to a um, deliberate existence? Um, just starting to read essentially, because knowledge I think is the best way. I can try and I can try myself and and. Uh, try and fail and you know you're going to learn from failure or whatnot but i think it's easier for me to start off learning from other people and what they say um and just get building up that knowledge and then then just going from there and, and figuring it out i'm not really sure what the full full timeline is or what the full steps are but yeah aiming to get there yeah so yes yeah, so it's really interesting right because you know all of this stuff like all of like the personal development stuff or even like the way that I personally see it is I see that property investing is a component in lifestyle design, right? So it is, that's the specific function. So why would you, why would you bother investing in real estate? That's a really fucking great question because if it's just to make money, it's probably not going to be a great motivator. So really what you actually want to work out is like what function does real estate investing or investing of any type serve in my specific life? Now, in order to understand that, you also need to know what type of life you're trying to create, <laughs> right? And so without actually rationalizing those two things together, you have no reason. Now you could just do things because you're like, you know, like eating vegetables um, is a good thing to do, even if you don't have a specific health goal. Probably eat your veggies, right? So to the same degree, you might be like, I don't really know what my life goals are, but probably it's a good idea for me to <laughs> to invest successfully and, you know, set myself up. So you can kind of do some of these things because you're like, well, I know it's good, but it certainly works a lot better when you've got some deliberate function around like the things that you're trying to do and achieve. And what you were kind of talking about, it's interesting. I'm kind of happy that we're segueing into this area because I find it really interesting because I speak to people of all ages. Most people have no idea what they want, and most people haven't even asked to stop to ask themselves the question about how to, you know, stop themselves, stop to ask themselves the question, and also haven't put any practices in place to try and help them become the best version of themselves. And it's it's only when you actually start asking yourself, like, what specifically do I want? Because we build up these pictures of success, but they're usually pretty vacuous and uh, meaningless. Like, I'll be successful when I own a private jet. It's like, well, I mean, come on. Like, really? I mean, that'd be nice, rock and roll. But like, right, is that is that going to be a measure of success? Or is it... I'm going to be successful when I have complete autonomy over my time, or is I'm going to be successful if you know all of these different things? And so, asking yourself who do you want to become is actually just as important as any of the other stuff. And so, really, really digging into that, like to the two the two best questions that you can ask yourself is, "Am I happy?" Really good question to ask. And what do I want? And really, like, what do you want? And then just ask yourself, why do you want all of those things? And so. If you start to do that, it'll be a continuous process, but start to dig, just dig through that. And one of the best bits of advice that I'll give you as well is to develop a structure that is that is not contingent on your work, right? Because what you said what you said a moment ago was like, all right, my alarm's set for seven, and then I'm like, oh yeah, but I don't need to start with. It's like it should be related to work. Your the time you wake up should be related to some other specific habit or ritual that you've developed, which is for the betterment of you. That is actually going to give you the motivation because it's like, well, whether there's work or not, I have to get up and do this thing, which might be meditation or journaling or gym or whatever. That's the commitment you're making to yourself. And the way that 
I, I've helped a bunch of people do it is to effectively map out a perfect week, right? So you sort of literally design your entire perfect week, time you wake up, time you go to bed, everything that happens in between every single day. And then just do that for like 30 days and then see how you feel. And then if you feel good, then you can just optimize it from there. That'll give you a lot more of the structure that you need rather than just sort of like, and sort of trying to wig it and work it out along the way. So yeah, absolutely. That's that's the that's the thing. Um, just trying to figure out that that wake up as well. That's that's the biggest thing. Yeah, it's easy. You just pick a time and set the alarm and get the fuck up. I wish it was that easy. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. Three alarms. <laughs> nice. Okay. Cool. So, um, what advice would you give to somebody else who's potentially in a similar situation to you? and is unsure should they invest in property should they not invest in property you know they're in their mid-20s wondering what to do what advice would you give to someone like that look the logical thing is invest uh as i see it you know depending on how much you've got depending on what you trust what you believe in would be the best way to go but also at the same time as you say you gotta you gotta figure out what you want you know do you really want to be working all t- uh, for the rest of your life? Do you want to wind down working for, um, at some stage later in your life? You know, Do you want to go do that Europe trip? Do you think that'll benefit you figuring out who you are or something like that? Um, it's really got to be down to what what you trust in, in yourself and externally as well. Yeah, love that, love that. I might just piggyback off that actually because um, I had an interesting conversation recently and it's relevant to this one because – um, I was talking to someone who, um, let's just say they were behaving in a way that they weren't comfortable with, which could also be indecision about like, oh, I don't know what I should do, should I invest in whatever. And I just said to them, I was like, well, just play out two different scenarios in your mind. Do exactly what you're currently doing for another 20 years. What does your life look like? Right? Then pick a different path, i.e. whether it's to do the investing thing or whether it's to stop living in fear or whatever, the, or, you know, start going to the gym. Fast forward 20 years, if you do that, what does your life look like? Then just pick which one you prefer. And usually, <laughs> usually, it's going to be the, the alternate path, which is not doing the same thing they're freaking doing today, um, which is a really good kind of mental model for people who are you're potentially feeling a little stuck or a little confused or you know unsure, oh, should I do it or not? Maybe they've been procrastinating. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to invest in property. I'm going to, yeah, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And they've been saying that for like a year or two, and they just never get around to it. It's like, okay, cool. Fast forward twenty years. Just like, what if you keep doing that? If you keep doing that, where are you going to end up? Are you going to be happy with that? Is that who you want to be in twenty years' time? Is that what you like? What your life to look like? And usually, if people kind of really dig into it, that's going to be enough of a wake up call for them as well. So, awesome, cool, man. Well, I've really enjoyed this chat. Is there anything um, that you wanted to dig into, or anything you wanted to share before you kind of wrap things up? No, nothing comes to mind. I think we've covered off pretty well a lot of different bases so yeah yeah nice hey actually i've got another note here and i wanted to dig into it and we should have we should have kind of probably picked this up a little bit earlier but um jason actually just mentioned to me uh yesterday he said that you used the um use a little hack to get your rent increased by like 40 dollars a week do you want to talk to me about that process do you know what that was oh yeah that's right so uh i was with an existing uh property manager and Time came around that the lease was up. Um, the tenants wanted to stay in there. Property manager said, "Yeah, look, we think the rent is this. You know, it can go up by thirty or forty dollars." And I sort of thought, "Okay, that's not bad. I wonder if there's anything better we can do." Um, and Jason said, "Yeah, look, we've we've been going through some other guys or whatever because uh, the property manager that I the way they got their rent was just through an oh, I think it was CoreLogic or whatever it is that they use." 
and that was just the the suggested. But then um, went to another property manager and said, "Hey, look, this is my property. This is what what the go is. What do you think we could get?" And they were able to say, "Yeah, we'd actually be able to increase it by seventy or eighty dollars." So went back to the property manager and said, "Look, can you do this? Uh, if not, I'm probably going to look elsewhere because you know." See how it goes. And then, uh, yeah, so that was the little happy we were able to do. Nice, nice. I think that's been a big factor in how you've been able to bump up your yields so high because obviously even in a higher interest rate environment, you're definitely going to be cash flow positive on an 8.1% yield, which is pretty awesome. Awesome. Ben, I've enjoyed this chat. It's been useful and fun and productive. So thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Look forward to hearing your success on the second purchase, property purchase. That's it, yeah. Thanks, Goose. It's been great. A lot of good advice and yeah, enjoyed it. Awesome. Speak soon. Take care. Thanks, mate. Bye.